Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Today's buzz, millennials are here. Millennials are here. Warning to all fashion retailers out there, you'd better watch out. Let me level set a little bit here before I tell you about our panelists. Okay, the millennial generation, by the way, that's got two L's. Two ends and it ends with an L, big word. Millennial generation is also known as Generation Y. It's the demographic cohort following Generation X. Okay, we're doing the alphabet. The birth dates, in case you're wondering, range from the early 1980s to the early 2000s. Little debate there. We'll talk to my guests later about that. I want to tell you quickly about a report in the publication Luxury Daily I just read this morning. Said more than 50% of affluent millennials plan to increase fashion product spending during the next year. That's from an American Express Publishing and Harrison Group survey. 57% of ultra-affluent millennials say they enjoy purchasing luxury and designer brands compared to just 28% of adults who say the same thing. That's from the Shulman Research Center. And the millennial generation is as an important group for luxury markers to reel in. They have to reel them in at a younger age because these consumers are likely to continue spending big, get this, throughout their their entire lives. Wow, not to be ignored. Our panel of four experts today, such panel power, I can't believe it myself. Let me tell you, they have some quotes they sent me, and let me start telling you. Tom Julian from the Doniger Group says the following, Millennials have become the most racially diverse, most educated, self-expressive, liberal, upbeat generation to date. They have impacted shopping and commerce, the work environment, social media platforms, and lifestyle behavior around technology. Those are fighting words. We'll talk, talk to Tom Julian in just a few minutes and have him tell us a little more. Also on the panel today, Greg Gerard from IDC, and he says, savvy retailers are evolving and melding. Digital and physical omni-channel assets. A lot of big words in here, Greg. To engage millennials. That's what we're talking about. How are savvy retailers engaging millennials? Millennials are the vanguard of a pervasive digital persona touching nearly every aspect of our 20th century life. Retailers that don't engage millennials, here's the word, will soon be out of fashion. Great pun, Greg Gerard. We'll talk to you in a few minutes. Frida Wall-Weber is with us, and she says, retailers be alert. Millennials' expectations are high. Offer them your finger, they'll take your hand. Listen, don't talk. Gain their trust, and they will treat you well. Frida is a millennial. She's a designer. She comes from a family of people in the leather goods industry, and she's got a lot to add to our panel. And rounding out today is our fourth panelist, Lee Gong from SAP. And he says, today's fashionista millennials say, quote, I don't want to see products on a model or a mannequin, model or mannequin. I want to see how other girls wear them, unquote. The challenge, says Lee, for fashion retailers becomes how to bridge social construction of fashion outfits with products they're selling or will want to make. Wow, a lot of words of wisdom. So don't even think of going anywhere for the next hour. Join us for more insights on Fashion Retailer Alert, 
Delight Millennials or Die, Part 1. I've never had Die in a show title before. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP. Can you believe this is episode number 99? Started the series back in fall 2011. And here we still are. We are live. It's Wednesday, August 21st. This is a two-part show, so you got to set your calendar to join us again next Wednesday for Part 2. Let me do a quick question for my Game Changer listeners, then I'll introduce the panelists. Hey, if you're a retail in the game changer field if you want to be a game changer do you know the keys to retail differentiation i've got an ebook for you it's free it's called transform your big data into big value for the retail industry go to our show page here on the business channel look for any banner click and you'll go to a special page with our compliments and look for the ebook again it's called transform your big data into big value for the retail industry for you. Okay, time to introduce. Tom Julian is the Director of Strategic Business Development for the Doniger Group. A veteran of the fashion industry for more than 20 years, Tom was also the founder and president of brand consultancy Tom Julian Group for five years. He's a branding expert who brings a strategic discipline to Doniger's retail and merchandising consulting fact practice, working with department stores and specialty chains. Tom Julian, that's a big bio. How are you today? Hello, Bonnie. We're in Las Vegas because it's a trade show week here. Well, thank you for joining us. Which trade show is it? Tell us, Tom. There are about seven different ones, and it's men's, women's, children, and accessories for spring 2014. Sounds exciting. And are there millennials there, Tom? A lot of millennials running businesses, a lot of millennials influencing the fashion world. Wonderful. Thank you for joining us. And let's introduce Greg Gerard. He's the program director at IDC for Retail Insights Merchandising Marketing and Retail Analytics Strategies. He also leads IDC's Retail Insights Global Omnichannel Retail Analytics Advisory Service. So many big words, Greg. I, I, your business card must be enormous. His research helps retailers find opportunities to improve their decisions with current, accurate, comprehensive and trusted analytics that's what it's all about he's been in retail for 20 years welcome greg gerard how are you today thanks i'm very well bonnie thanks so much for the introduction oh thanks for joining me a lot to hear from you in a few minutes and frida wallweber is the fashion of the founder of fashionseduction.com it's a blog you have to check it out fashionseduction.com you know how to spell that coming from a family specializing in leather accessories frida is starting her own handbag label frida pronounce the name of your label for me i want to get it right Kukuka. Kukuka. And that's C-U-C-U-K-A dot com. A little plug there. She's hoping to become the next big go-to brand for the perfect, and I don't even know what this is, perfect leather diaper bag, modern, sleek, and fashionable. Is that really a diaper bag, Frida? Yes. That's okay. <laughs> I thought it was maybe a style I missed. Okay, all mommies out there. That's what millennials are looking for. Frida gained luxury retail experience in Germany and London when she worked for Prada, Burberry and Mulberry. Welcome, Frida. Where are you calling from? I think I know. Tell everybody. Yes. Hi, Bonnie. I'm calling from New York. I'm at the CRM Evolution Conference. Wonderful. You're visiting with my friends. Yeah, Malcolm Kimberlin saw you. I know we almost had dinner last night, and I know you're with Paul Greenberg, and you're in good hands this week. So thank you for taking time out, Frida. And thank you to Brad, our engineer. Yeah, thanks for Brad for contacting you at your hotel. And last panelist is Lee Gong. He's vice president of product in SAP App House, A-P-P-H-A-U-S, an SAP product innovation team in Silicon Valley, pursuing his passion for using smart, simple technology to improve people's lives. Lee launched the My Runway initiative and mobile app in the U.S. and China with the goal of making online and offline fashion shopping easier. Welcome, Lee. How are you today? Great. 
morning, everyone. Wonderful. Thanks for joining us. I'm so glad to have you all here. Let's do a quick deep dive into all of your – I'm just trying to see how much time I have left in the first segment. Let's do a deep dive into your quotes. Tom Julian, I'm just going to read – well, I'm going to read the first sentence and have you talk to me for a minute here. We have time. Millennials have become the most racially diverse, most educated, self-expressive, liberal, upbeat generation to date. And then the important part, you say they've impacted shopping and commerce, work environment, social media, and lifestyle behavior around technology. How do you know about them? What do they? What does your Doniger group have to do with millennials? And how do you know all this, Tom? It sounds like like a huge demographic here. Talk to me. Well, again, what you mentioned, demographic, is now known as psychographics, and it's about how they shop, <laughs> and it's about their lifestyle. And because we're no longer just a one-color nation, we're basically a mosaic of lifestyles as well as personalities. And from market research from working with a wide range of big box to specialty to department stores, we have learned that the millennial is not only a focus, but a major opportunity for so many retailers today. Okay, thank you very much. And, and how big is this group? How many are there? Do we know, Tom? I, I, I don't have the statistics on me, Bonnie. Maybe somebody does. It would be interesting to know how. I know they're affluent. I know they're young. I know they're vocal. I know they have a lot of money to burn. Let's see if we can figure that out during the show. If not, that's a homework assignment for Part 2 next week. Okay, Greg Gerard, you say, Savvy retailers are evolving and melding digital and physical omnichannel assets to engage millennials. Let's stop right there. What do you mean by melding digital and physical omnichannel assets? I know you like the word omnichannel. Talk to me, Greg. Yeah, Bonnie, what we like to talk about is the online inside world of retail now. Insofar as retailers have evolved their e-commerce channels, uh, digital channels to consumers, and have really provided uh, a great degree of enhancements over the 15 or 20 years that e-commerce has been around, uh, they have failed to date to bring their stores into the mainstream of that digital experience. And that's the, the shift. You know, last year we saw the advent of, of showrooming. Uh, that's the uh, uh, just the beginning of a transformational change as retailers enable and embrace their customers, many millennials, but not just millennials, use of uh, portable technologies, mobile technologies, smartphones and tablets uh, as they shop in their physical stores. And we're seeing retailers bring digital assets and digital capabilities to their stores to enhance that shopping experience. Wonderful. Thank you, Greg. We have a lot more to talk to you about during the show. And let's turn to Frida from Kukuka. Frida says, retailers, be alert. This sounds like a warning, Frida. Be alert. Millennials' expectations are high. Tell, let me ask you, Frida, in your experience, and you are a millennial. I won't yeah. ask you when you're born because we don't ask that to ladies. But if you want to share with that, us, that's fine. But when you say the expectations are high, offer your finger, they'll take your hand, listen, don't talk, gain their trust. How powerful could a millennial uh, cohort, as we're calling it, could they make or break the success of a line of clothes or handbags or, or cars? Frida, what do you think? How powerful yes. are they? Yes, Bonnie. Yeah. I think they can make a brand. I don't think they can entirely break a brand, um, but they can definitely um, have a very positive influence on building a brand. And when I say that um, their expectations are very high, I mean that they're expecting more and more in terms of product and experience, the whole they want the whole package. They want the perfect product. They want the perfect in-store experience, the perfect customer service if they have any issues with the product. Um, and, of course, they want the salespeople to be knowledgeable and want to trust them. So if, if, um, if a brand can make them trust 
the products and, and the whole experience, then they become loyal. And then they will spend, of course, in the future as well. Frida, does this just apply to the affluent millennials or to everybody in that millennials cohort? Um, I think to everybody in the millennials. Okay, good to know. We're going to talk to you more, and let's All squeeze right. in Lee Gong here because I have about a minute and a half in this segment before we hit our first break. You say, Lee, today's fashionista millennials say, I don't want to see products on a model or a mannequin. I want to see how other girls wear them. What does that mean to us in our discussion of millennials versus fashion retailers, Lee? Yes, hi, Bonnie. So I learned actually that's an original quote I heard from some millennial fashionistas I interviewed in, at my work in SAP. We do design thinking and ethnographic research to understand how people shop. So a lot of our focus are on people in the 20s and the early 30s. So what I meant is it started last uh, couple of years that so we are seeing in the uh, fashion shopping and outer fitting is a transformation enabled by social media and a mobile. So basically it's so much easier now for people, let me name a persona, Lisa, for her to take a picture of herself or what she bought or what she's wearing and post it on her now actually the more Instagram and other upcoming, the many of the app layer. So that gives, that is, seems to be more appealing to her friends and followers to look at than looking at a skinny model on some uh, brand's <laughs> website. Let me tell you, Lee, all generations of women deal with looking at skinny models and saying, really, really? You know what? You took us right up to our break. I appreciate that. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP. We're live. It's Wednesday, August 21st. We have so many people tweeting. I can't keep up with it. We've got Care Circles and we've got Layla Saborian, our good friend who set this up. And we've got My Runway and we've got Margot and Malcolm and everybody. Thank you so much. And when you come, we come back, we're going to talk more about Fashion Retailer Alert. Delight Millennials or Die, Part 1. I love to say that. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Don't even think of touching that app, that mouse, that dial. Brad, take us out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we 
we are. We're not called Coffee Break with Game Changers for nothing. I want to know what my four esteemed panelists today on our Fashion Retailers vs. Millennials show are drinking. So let's start out with Tom Julian. What's in your cup today, Tom? Give me a great fashionable story. What are you drinking? Uh, Bonnie, because I'm traveling, I'm drinking orange juice, but I'm a big uh, juice press person. So normally in New York, I like to do the uh, natural organic juices that are a good blend of uh, fruit juices. Wonderful. What kind, What blend do you like? Let's hear from Tom Julie. What's the fa- in-fashion blend right now? Uh, I think under Juice Press, it's the Complete Source, which is a great mix of, uh, you know, raw vegetables and nutrients. And it's just, you know, it's a perfect way to start the day. Uh, when I'm on the road, I pretty much tend to just go to the Odwallas because I think they're clean. They're always fresh. And, uh, you know, it's like a, a meal replacement when you're on the go. Very nice. Thanks for the health advice. I appreciate that. Greg Gerard, what's in your cup today? Well, right now I've got a, a, a Starbucks house blend, which is what I can get at work here at IDC Retail Insights. Uh, but I love to have Sumatra and the dark roast coffees. There's a great coffee shop up here, uh, George Howell. Uh, he founded the Coffee Connection and mm. sold it out to Starbucks years ago in, in the Boston area. So I just like to keep it simple. I call it water and the bean. So when I get behind people who have to describe their uh, Starbucks drink with five or six different uh, <laughs> uh, adjectives and adverbs and so forth, I get a little, uh, I can't remember all of that. But as Tom said, I really like the uh, the uh, green drinks. Uh, my partner and I, Mimi, uh, we often start our day with a uh, a cold-pressed, uh, masticated uh, green drink of a variety of different vegetables. And as he said, it's almost a meal substitute. We've got a very healthy panel here today. They don't let me have caffeine on show day, so all I get is water. But I will tell you, I filter it first. So there, that's as healthy as it gets here. Frida Weber, what are you drinking today in New York on your trip to the CRM conference? Well, I'm on in my hotel room, and I'm having a water, which is rather unspectacular. And uh, sorry, um, I had very much coffee this morning, so I am just having my water. Okay, anything special about the water? Any special fancy um, bottle? It does help children to get clean water, so every bottle gives five cents to third world countries. Very nice. Do you want to give us the brand? Yes, it's Ethos Water from Starbucks. Okay, good to know. We've got a healthy panel today. You're killing me, kids. <laughs> Lee Gong, what are you drinking today, Lee? Normally, I would have a warm chai tea with milk. Uh, I'm in San Francisco. I haven't got out of my house yet, so I don't have anything in front of me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, thank you for staying home for the show. We appreciate it. Now, let's kick off our roundtable. I'm going to start this off with Tom Julian. Tom, you sent me some facts and figures about millennials. I'm going to read a couple things, and then we're just going to uh, – I might go guest to guest, but I think we'd like everybody to jump in and talk about this. So we're still, as far as I'm concerned, we're still level setting, still establishing what we're talking about. We know who the fashion retailers are. We know they're all over the map. Fashion encompasses an awful lot, and we'll talk about what products we're, we're discussing here today. But millennials, I think for a lot of our listeners, it's still a word they probably or possibly can't even spell yet, and they're not sure who in the heck we're, we're talking about. So if they have to be on guard, let's tell them who we're talking about. So Tom Julian said to me uh, that millennials prefer an experiential lifestyle environment when it comes to shopping and retail. They're smarter. I don't know how you told me this, Tom. They're smarter than most of this panel on the show today were at their age, except for Frida, of course. They are cited as the generation, get this, that 83% of them sleep with their 
phone, OMG. They shop more than previous generations. Women twice a month, men spend twice. They're expected to be the largest generation segment for luxury consumer goods by 2018, and that's our crystal ball segment at the end. They prefer loyalty and rewards programs. They're vocal about their product reviews. They research shopping information online. They recommend purchases to their peers, as Lee was saying. Show me a picture, I'll buy the dress. And here's interesting. They do not lack morals. They just have a different value system. This is a huge description here. Tom, why don't you tell us a little bit, and then let's have everybody jump in and see if they agree. So what would you like to, to pick on here, Tom? Yeah, well, Bonnie, I was able to find, according to one of our research documents, there are over 70 million in the U.S. alone of millennials. I think when we at the Donator Group spend time looking at them, we, of course, look at them through the shopping lens. But what we have found is given the way that retailers buy, given that the way retailers market today, that this millennial has challenged them. So all of these considerations have to go in. It's no more just, gee, what is the right color for the top? Now it's about what is the right color, what is the right time to bring it in, where do we actually sell it, meaning in-store, online, or direct, you know, a mail. And then on top of that, what are the uh, mediums and platforms that we use to engage them? And it's very interesting here in Las Vegas as we talk about engaging the millennial, there are so many exhibitors who are trying to attract and appeal to the millennials attending the show that they are letting them take their own photos with their own clothes and tweet it out. They are letting them sign up for online programs in order to get them into their system. So this is just one grassroots way that the, uh, let's say, apparel manufacturers are going after the millennials. Very interesting. It sounds like meet them on their own ground. Uh, give them the experience they want right now. Uh, they're, they're not a patient lot, are they, Tom? They're impatient, no. I would expect. They want it now. Well, because everything is available to them 24-7. And if they don't get it from you, they'll get it from someone else. And they do live by their uh, mobile device. You know, we've started talking internally that they're the omni-shopper now. First, it was omni-channel. Then it became omni-commerce. Now it's the omni-shopper. Very interesting. Greg Gerard. I know that the word omni-channel is, is very important to you with what you do at IDC. So why don't you... Uh, Take over what Tom was talking about in terms of this generation's 83% sleep with their phone. Well, I keep mine next to the bed. Is that the same thing? I don't know. It doesn't make it on into the bed, but it's, it's six inches away. So the question is, uh, do you agree with this, this persona? And talk to me also, Greg, about the new 5i persona. That's something new we haven't discussed yet. Yeah, Bonnie, that's exactly where I, want, where I wanted to go. I think it complements mm-hmm. uh, a, a number of the things that um, – We've already heard here that's Tom said and, and that Frida has said as well. So, you know, retail or millennials are accelerating the, the pace of change, and they're able to do that because they are what we call this 5 I persona. And the 5 eyes are instrumented, you know, with their mobile devices. Mm-hmm. And soon they'll have uh, Google Glass and even uh, instrumented uh, clothing, uh, clothing that has uh, sensors in them. Uh, they're interconnected uh, through social media. Uh, they're informed by aspects of our, by, by information that they can get on the uh, on the web. So we've got instrumented, informed, and um, interconnected. Uh, they're always also always in place. Uh, mobility takes place out of, out of question, and they're always immediate mm-hmm. in their ability to act. I mean, the, the, that Tom says so many of them sleep with their phones in their beds or next to them. Uh, you know, I do know that my children do that. I've got uh, four millennials. <laughs> I think if I got the demographics right, I've got, I've got four of them. So to the point, if we, to be a, a bit of a pun here, they want to be heard, not in a herd. 
You know, so they, they want their voices heard. They want to have an expression about what's going on. And the trick is now to bring that back into product ideation, right, and accelerate mm-hmm. the whole process of, of ideation. And fashion coming to market today is, a, is, as everyone knows here, is very, very diverse. It's no longer owned by the brands that can push and drive product through, uh, through retailers. There's so much private label merchandise. You know, and retailers are, are holding the bag on that without markdown allowances and, and the like. So the risk has been shifted forward to the retailers. You know, in a sense, that's good because the retailers uh, are closer or, and can be closer uh, to consumers. I, I don't think they take full advantage of that. I think we can come back and, and talk about that in, in, a, in a moment. The other thing I want to say is that let's I'll double down on millennials uh, mm-hmm. because they're not just the, – they're a persona. Right, this five eyes of persona, and, and the persona is in, uh, is being infused into uh, people of all demographics, all psychographics, you know, well into uh, uh, their um, their fifties and sixties. Without giving too much away about some personal situations, I will say that I know quite a few people who could be uh, millennials in their use of technology, who are uh, who, but who are the parents of millennials. Touche, touche. Very, very good point. I want to move this over to Frida. Frida, there's something in uh, what I was reading Greg's information about the five eye persona. Yeah. It talks about that the fashion consumers, the millennials, could be called or are called digital divas. How do you relate to this, Frida? In your you're launching a business, you come from a family of, of high end leather goods people. What is your hope to attract these digital divas? Do you agree with that term? Well, digital divas, I mean, fashion blogs today, um, they are showing brands, um, and people just like to see see the clothes on fashion bloggers to get ideas on how to wear things, and I think that's very important. Okay, and what does this mean to you in terms of selling your line and your blog? Are you... Are you uh, when you blog, are you looking for the people who have those phones in the beds who might wake up at 3 in the morning and say, wow, I just found out Frida did a new blog. Let me go and read it and see what she's designing today. Are they, are they that much on the verge of being a consumer all the time, 24-7? I think so because, to be honest, well, I'm, I'm just starting off my business, so I haven't interacted with my customers yet. But on my personal fashion blog, um, when I blog, I do see that people – start interacting like maybe an hour after I've blogged. So also if I have a look at blogs, I, every morning, well, that might sound crazy, but um, every time I know that they're going to blog on that specific day, then I do go and just have a look because it gives you inspiration for the whole day. And, and, and yeah, ah, you, you just... Interesting. So it goes it goes both ways. Thank you. Let me turn to Lee. Lee, we have about two and a half minutes left before the end of this segment. It's going very fast today. So much information. Uh, interesting. You're saying, Lee, that it's bigger than millennials. You say not just millennials, but all consumers from millennials and on will expect the following from retailers. So it sounds like you're taking a much broader generational perspective. You're saying they want information about products, prices, promotions, and stores on their mobile because we know the millennials don't own mobility. I think they, they walked into it, but certainly many of us have started it before they were aware. They have social inspirations. They want to find the right product. Where is a product sold? What goes with what? They want a mobile wardrobe. Talk to me, Lee. How do you, do you think that millennials are leading the charge in terms of determining the fashion the rest of us will get to see and get to buy? Or is it still bigger than millennials? 
I think millennials are definitely leading, and he's bigger than the millennials. As you said, you also have your phone with you six inches away when you sleep. But millennials, they are very dependent on their phone. So ideal lifestyle for millennial is when she say, let me uh, use the persona uh, Lisa. When she wakes up, she, every woman from what I interviewed is they they struggle or wonder what they should wear for that day. It would be wonderful within a second some mobile a mobile app of, can te- can give her the best suggestion what she should wear during that day. That's one example which is not a, uh, a need well met to any technology from brand retailer or blog or friend through mobile channel. So what I meant in the uh, description is the mobile going deeper under the, the rubric of a mobile. Mobile is not just online. Mobile is the tool for omni-channel shopping. Mm-hmm. And there's a big uh, gap and a hidden opportunity is how mobile is used to help millennials shop and how retailers, brands can serve them when not nowhere, we're not, we're not anywhere near to its full potential yet. For my research of millennials shop, so far the main use case, how they use mobile is find out where the nearest store is, especially in busy shopping districts. They often have a hard time finding the boutiques. A tourist approached me in Times Square asking me where the nearest uh, Victoria's Secret is. I actually mm-hmm. use my own, my own app, my runway. But the actual use cases are much more than that. So ideally, when we say mobile right there, right now, right there is I'm looking for a right dress of a certain shape. Show me among 100 stores here which ones have what type of silhouette and what kind of red and what kind of material where they are. Okay, Lee, I want to I want to stop this for a second. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to open with a different concept. We haven't we've alluded to it, but we haven't really gone into it. We want to talk about what's called the mobile wardrobe. Lee tells me the closet is never big enough. Who wants to keep paper receipts? I won't finish the rest of that, but we will when we come back. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Topic today: Fashion Retailer Alert. Delight your millennials or die. Part one. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're live. It's Wednesday, August 21st. Tom Red, thank you for listening. Thank you for tweeting at REDD Retail. Glad to have you on board. Layla, thank you as well. We'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that app, that mouse, that dial. Brad out. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com Voice America Business Network the bottom line in business
you're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. We have to come up with a new French quote to something a little more broad about. I have to come up with a coffee quote. Anyway, welcome back. We're talking about fashion retailers and millennials. I won't do the thing about die because we all know they are a powerful group, these millennials, whoever they are. They're out there. They have money. They have style. They have taste. They want it now. Please them and you will succeed. And please them is a very big challenge. So we're talking right now with Lee Gong from SAP. And Lee wants to talk about mobile wardrobe. The closet is never big enough. Lee, before, way before mobile, women have been saying that and fashionable men have been saying that for years. The closet is never big enough. But in the context of mobility and millennials, what does this mean today? That's very interesting. Uh, my observation is in our mobile app industry. There are some mobile apps, they were created just for that purpose, helping people, especially women, to organize what they own from clothes, different, you know, categories of clothes and the shoes and the bags and accessories into a mobile app, get it organized. But with the current technology, how it is done, that is very manual and cumbersome. The users have to take a picture of what they have and tag them and get them organized. And I tried this as experiment, so I have plenty of evidence. So what I meant by mobile wardrobe, what it could be, say, going three, five, uh, even into 20, 2018, let's imagine what the scenario would be. Is actually after Lisa say, goes to a store shopping, she gets an electronic receipt, goes into right of her mobile phone or mobile app, and mm-hmm. a picture of a picture of the product is already entered into her virtual virtual mobile wardrobe mm-hmm. with all the price and date, who she bought it from, size and everything then it's automatically indexed and organized. I love it. I I love the idea. Greg Gerard, you want it from your perspective of your retail insights, merchandising, marketing, and retail analytics strategies at IDC. Anything you want to add to this or expand? Yeah, uh, Bonnie, a couple things. uh, uh, Lee's making a great point. It's in the broader context of how retailers need to redefine the value that they bring to a consumer, right? Mm -hmm. And that that value needs to be in the way that someone wears or uses, or in the case of food, you know, consumes uh, what they've purchased. So the the mobile wardrobe is one way to do that. Uh, there's another example from uh, Home Improvements, the Home uh, Home Improvement Store Lowe's as Milo's, which is effectively the same thing. You might think of it more as a tool shed mm-hmm. than a mobile wallet uh, or mobile um, uh, ward- wardrobe. Uh, but to pick up on, on Lee's point about, about how this could be enabled technologically, mm-hmm. imagine in addition to the receipt information, and the visual, uh, uh, visual image of, of the product, that what got loaded into that consumer's wallet was a lot of the per- parameters and descriptors of that product, those things that the folks who are out at that show that Tom's at, at uh, who are the professional buyers, w- mm-hmm. would be familiar with, right? The, the color, the fabrication, the silhouette, um, uh, the, as, as I said, the fabric, and many other things that I, I can't think about, which would be very important in behind the scenes to provide that shopper with ways she would not, or he, 
would not have thought about to combine that product with something else or how to care for that uh, product. You know, does the, uh, you know, what kind of dry cleaning does it need, uh, uh, and, and the like. So there's an information aspect to this uh, that is going to support that uh, mo- mobile, uh, mobile closet in the context of how brands and retailers bring more value to the consumer in the use of the product that they've already purchased. Very interesting. Tom, Julian, or Frida, you want to chime in on this, the idea of a mobile wardrobe? I'm so intrigued. Yeah, what we're hearing a lot at the Doniger Group is about companies who are trying to develop unique apps which will allow the consumer to engage in a variety of ways, not just from purchasing, but for, of course, uh, keeping the closet alive, as well as tracking their purchases, as well as being entertained. There are so many of these uh, men's apps now where it's a combination of fashion, sports, and dating, which brings clothing into a whole new realm. Interesting. Frida, I want to talk to you because one of the main reasons we're so excited to have you on the panel today is because you are a millennial and you are in fashion and you are becoming a retailer, a seller, a creator, yeah. a designer. So you see it from both sides. You're talking, you're talking to the hand. You're talking to your people. So from everything we're talking about here, what Greg Gerard from IDC is saying and Tom Julian from the Doniger Group and Lee Gong from SAP's uh, My Runway, talk to me. Frida, what are you hearing? Is there anything new that you don't already know that you can take with you as you continue to develop your Kukuka product line? You want to have the perfect leather diaper bag. That says to me, upscale, a woman with a leather diaper bag what has, cares about her image. She wants her baby to be fashionable. She wants to be modern, sleek, and, and everything you're saying. So what are you hearing? Anything new here, Frida, that you want to reflect on? Um, well, I mean, a lot has been said already, but I think it's, it's very important to engage your customers. Um, and to, to, I mean, to deliver the product that they are looking for. And I think they, they want to be part of your business as well. So you need to include them in the whole process. When you, when you build the product, you might get, um, reviews on Facebook or, you know, people saying, oh, I don't like this about the product. I don't like that about the product. Then you can go and change the product and make it the way that the customer wants it to be. So, you become more successful. Frida, how much do you listen? And and when you answer, I want Tom and Greg and Lee to all chime in, please. Don't wait for me. My question is, to whom do you listen? Okay, you put a bag up, you do the virtual wardrobe or the digital wardrobe, you post, hey, I'm Frida, I have this gorgeous new diaper bag, it's wow, it's got convenience, it's got easy access, it's gorgeous, it'll look good with your baby's clothes, it'll look good with your upscale stroller, it'll look great in your Mercedes or whatever you're driving, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And then one person says, ah, eh, I don't like the mocha color. I think it should be a little more pink. Does Frida, the designer, the manufacturer, the the entrepreneur, go back and say, OMG, Barbara in Santa Barbara doesn't like the color. I better go back. How, In other words, how reactive, responsive, proactive do you as the millennial entrepreneur need to be to your millennial feedback person? Frida, and then everybody, please. Well, that's a very good question. Um, I think... There always will be people that don't like your product and um, you get ne- negative feedback on them. So I think you just need to um, need to react to that. And, and I mean, that's a, that's a very difficult one, to be honest, Bonnie. Okay, well, good. I, I like I to ask difficult questions. Yeah, yeah, please. Right here. Can I just Go jump ahead, in? Greg. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I think it's real important to bring what we call the wisdom of crowds, right? And, and that introduces the notion of who, to whom do you listen, 
and it may be an individual, or it may be uh, wisdom that's out there in the crowd, that which, when this is a scientific notion uh, brought forward by some, some uh, academics and others, James Zerwicki uh, from, the, uh, from the New Yorker, that if you collect information from folks who are distributed, they're independent, and they're diverse, mm-hmm. and you have some way to aggregate that information up, you have an ability to bring to bear on a decision in ideation, right before the product's been brought to market, about directionally how you should take that product, right? Um, and uh, a color, perhaps, a style, uh, it, as examples in, in fashion. So it's possible to do it. I, I think you just can't think about the noisy uh, wheel, you know, uh, getting, yeah. getting attention. The people mm-hmm. have to That's demonstrate funny, inte- intelligence. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Oh, <clears throat> this is a legal. I think another very important concept in the scenario we depicted is looking at not everyone, not every consumer shopper is equal. So we need to enable a way for designers, including Frida, to easily get how socially influential that person is. If that person ah. has, a, has a high cloud score, fits right into which segment among her target clientele, uh, demographically and psychographically. Yeah, that person is socially influential. Whatever she says will get a lot of eyeballs and, and opinions, then she has to really listen. Exactly what I was going for. That's the point I wanted okay. was where well, is that strength of influence? Go ahead. I hear somebody talking. Yeah, it's right here. So influence is yeah. two ways, right? There's outbound influence, yeah. the ability to affect the market, right? That's one way. The other side is inbound influence and how, what's going to happen and affect the way that a designer or a merchant is going to make a decision. Right? Those are two different things, and I think retailers and brands need to be able to use both that outbound uh, influential blogger as well as the insightful inbound uh, person or crowd uh, who can help them make better decisions uh, and then leverage the, the voice of the bloggers and the, the influencers to uh, – amplify uh, the value of the decision they've made. Yeah, this is Thank Tom you. Julian here. Yeah, Tom, and I would go probably ahead. chime in, Bonnie, with the idea yes. that it's almost like a focused research group. You have to take in all input. You have to analyze it, put it through a filter, probably align it against your company, your brands, and your products, and then make the best decision. But the one thing we have learned about the 24-7 experience is you have to listen to everyone, you have to acknowledge everyone, and you have to turn it around 24-7 to keeping a productive business model. Very interesting. Tom, I have a, a question. Great, for, uh, yeah, go ahead, Greg. Yeah, that's a great mm-hmm. point. It's really the acceleration, right, in that whole yes. d- design process. And even it's about uh, once a product's in market of how you're going to allocate it or, or how you might even market down, right? Does the product have legs anymore? Exactly. Um, what is your time frame? It's no longer four seasons a year. We know that. And this is where the goods have to continue being delivered to the store as well as in front of the consumer 24-7. Right. How many you know, seasons I, I do we have? Company... <laughs> How many seasons do we have? Well, most companies deliver monthly now. I mean, it really does depend oh. on the brand and it does depend on the organization. There are some global uh, vertical brands in our malls who every two weeks they are delivering new goods and changing the story. So that's how quick it turns. Very okay. I heard somebody to talking. I'm going to give you 30 seconds because we're ready for break. Who wanted to chime in? It was Greg. I wanted to say that yeah. a couple of years ago, the uh, the ASDA division of Walmart in the UK uh, was doing something around this. Is that when their buyers were in market uh, at uh, at shows, 
buy merchandise. They were actually taking pictures of it and circulating those pictures out to uh, a set of consumers, uh, uh, George uh, brand customers who had opinions that they trusted. And they would cycle that back into the, um, the buyer's decision within 24 hours. That's what I was looking for, that influence. You know what? We're at our break. When we come back, it's time for the crystal ball. I bet it's a high-fashion crystal ball. Could be, Steuben. I don't know whatever you're all looking into. But get out the chamois, get out the banky, get out the polishing cloth. I'm going to ask Frida and Greg and Tom and Lee to tell me what's ahead for fashion retailers and millennials in the next five years. But don't give away everything, kids, because we have part two coming up next week. A quick uh, quick information here. In the U.S. and the EU, millennials hold 69% of fashion purchasing power 29 percent of what they spend and here's the kicker 40 percent in spending they influence i'm bonnie d graham don't even think of touching that app that dial that mouse we'll be right back brad out the business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network the time for enterprise mobility is now according to idc by 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. It's that time of day, that time of show. We're going to look at the crystal ball. Now, I must warn you that this is only part one. We have a lot more to talk about next week. I'll tell you a little bit about that when we come back. But let's ask my four wonderful guests, Tom Julian, Greg Gerard, Frida Wallweber, and Lee Gong to look into their, I think it's a Steuben crystal ball. I don't know. Maybe Steuben isn't the big fashion in high-end glass anymore. It used to be when I was coming up, coming up the pike. So let's start with Tom Julian. Look ahead. How will fashion retailers be relating to millennials five years from today? And what does that mean for the age cohort of what we're calling millennials today? Will they still be millennials? Will they be replaced in their fashion and their spending power? Tom, kick this off. Um, uh, Bonnie, I'm probably going to go with the idea of the omni shopper. It will be very inclusionary. It will be very socially driven. It will be very virtual. And I believe that the app slash um, mobile application world will be crucial to every brand, every retailer, and every consumer. Probably every consumer will have their preferred stores and brands through, through an app on their mobile device, and they will interact with it as their community, as their social connection, as their entertainment touch point every single day, just like they do all their other news outlets and entertainment mediums. 
Tom, what does this mean for the established high-end retailer? What does this mean for, I don't know, what's left of Bergdorf's? We're talking about Bloomies. I'm talking about, I don't know, uh, at any store you can think of that has some sense of fashion that is still part of the retail world. They've weathered the storm through generation after generation, and they're faced with this. Do they need a whole separate department to say, OMG, millennials, Christ, they're coming in. Those credit cards have balances on them. We can't even believe we need that market share. So what do they do, get a whole new marketing and, and marketing and buying department that caters to millennials or no, do they No, it really what does it? become a part of the marketing discipline and just like okay. you go after ethnic audiences after uh, baby boomer audiences the millennials are a part of it but you have to realize it's the sum of the total and all of it still has to ladder up to the brand the experience the brand mantra as well as the fashion offering so you can't veer away from who you are but i do mm-hmm. believe every retailer has new white space in the digital world thanks to e-retailing, and has to address it accordingly for all audiences. Very interesting. I've, just a quick story. I remember my mom and I waltzing into a Bergdorf's many years ago. I was going on my first trip to Europe at age 18. This goes way <laughs> back in time. And we went to there. It was a, a young department, something called the, the BG line. And we found these wonderful, packable, uh, swingy kind of A-line dresses, unstructured, I think the term would be. And they packed well. I took them to Europe. I could wear them in any country I visited. They were light and breezy, great for summer. And and that was my summer of, of wearing Bergdorf. It was so funny, but there I was, 18, and I went into a store I would never have personally gone to at that stage, and it served my needs. We don't even want to know how far ago that was. Thanks for bearing with me. Greg Gerard. let's talk about five years from today, 2018. What do you see for millennials, fashion retailers, mobility, mobile wardrobe? What's in your crystal ball? Well, 2018 is going to come really fast, right? And oh, I, yeah. it, it's great to follow up on you and, and with Tom. Uh, so retailers are making investments right now to, to address that. Uh, and the levels of investment that they're making in technology for that Omni Shopper, for the Omni Channel experience, uh, is prodigious. Uh, uh, in three to, over three to five years, um, Nordstrom will invest nearly a billion dollars in their uh, customer-oriented technology, their, their, their e-commerce and online technology. Uh, Macy's has just announced... Uh, a, a new executive position, the, the chief omnichannel officer, um, and so there are in, uh, and uh, and Sachs is making um, monumental investments in core systems, uh, technology systems. I think they're all realizing that the operational models, um, the sourcing models, the technology models, the store operations models, none of those fit that Omni Shopper that, that Tom just spoke about. So you, you, mm-hmm. there's a lot of transformational change. Um, we saw, we've seen some failures. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you could obviously point to JCPenney, you know, but yes. we've seen some resurrections. Um, who would have thought six months ago that if you uh, went short on Apple and long on Best Buy, you'd be, you would have done very well in the market over the last six months, eight months. So, you know, things change. And... Um, and uh, and uh, so 2018 is going to come fast, and people are are already preparing for it. And there will there will be surprises. So how does a store like Macy's get the millennials in the door and get those credit cards out of their wallets? What do you think? Is it is it a big task, or is That's it already a happening? Huge, well, I'll give you a vignette. A couple of years ago, I took my son, who's now 18, so he's probably 16 at the time, to the mall because he needed to buy a hoodie. Right? I said, mm-hmm. uh, and he's pretty fa- fashion savvy, uh, if I can say so myself. I said, Peter, where do you want to go? <laughs> And he said, Macy's. And my jaw, my jaw dropped, right? Yeah. 
And I said, why? Because they're cool. So we walked into the young men's uh, area, uh, and we had to trape through the, the, the stodgy, not very attractive men's area. For, forgive me for saying that, uh, Mr. Lundgren. Uh, but we got to the, uh, the young man's area, right? And it was cool. I mean, the guys had their, uh, you know, t- uh, their, their shirts out, jeans on. It looked like I was walking into any millennial store. And he got exactly what he wanted. You know, the service was right. The ambiance was right. The, the product was, was right. So uh, they can do it. Um, you know, they're marketing to them. Uh, they're, uh, they're, um, they've, there's another, so Macy's is running with a mom strategy, which is, uh, mm-hmm. my Macy's, Omnichannel, and Magic Selling. There's a fourth, a, a third M, which is Millennial. So mom is really focused on Millennial, and, and that's the challenge that Lundgren knows he has. Thank you very much. Good case study. I appreciate that. Frida, I give you a minute and a half here. Talk to me. What do you see from your perspective as a millennial working on a product line for a millennials? This is your demographic, your psychographic, your group, Frida. What do you project five years ahead? What's happening? Well, Bonnie, I think that as brands such as Burberry, um, when they stream their fashion shows, you can buy with your app. From the fashion show, you can buy their products, which are available for, I think, three weeks, um, which which gives you the advantage to just directly get to that product. And then when it comes into store, the others can buy it as well. But I think still it's the whole experience, the retail experience that you go into a shop, um, you get the best customer service, you get the expertise of the sales staff, and I think that is still very, very important, and I, I don't know how technology is going to do that in the future, to be honest. Okay, interesting. So millennials are still still going to be looking at experience in person, face-to-face, yes. shake the hand, put the credit card in the hand of the salesperson, have them run it through the machine. Okay, so we're still talking about in person because we know we want to connect. We want to be part of something, a community, part of other people. So that makes sense. Thank you, Frida. And let's round out this crystal ball segment with Lee Gong from SAP Project Runway, my runway. Lee, what do you predict for, I give you one minute on the dot, what do you predict for 2018? Okay, I think the key for success for any fashion brand and retailer by next five years is to enable the integration between two things. The first is social inspiration. The second is omni-channel shoppability. I'll break down what I mean by that. But social inspiration, millennials and the younger generation as millennials, they will get increasingly, increasingly social. They will look for inspiration, what to, what to wear, what to buy from celebrities and more to bloggers and more to their fashionable friends in the circle. Then the, the moment of a successful business is the moment when she sees a piece of a garment and outfit, etc. the successful retailer and the brand is enabled to show, oh, for that product or similar products, you can buy it in the store one mile away, five miles away, or you can buy it from my online website. Mm-hmm. The retailer cannot satisfy that by providing the omnichannel shopability. Shopability is a term I'm coining that meaning being able to shop. The retailer cannot provide that omnichannel shopability information and the linkage would not succeed. Thank you. You know what? Save save the rest for next week. We have so much more to talk about. I just, on the break, discussed with my panel what we're going to focus on. We're going to open next week on part two of 
fashion retailer alert. Delight Millennials are die part two. We're going to focus on what happens when a celebrity wears your product, carries your product, drives your product. Does this drive the millennials crazy to those credit cards? Even those big chunks of cash just come pouring out of their wallets, whether it's a virtual or a, or a real wallet, and they just say, wow. But does it depend on which celebrity? That'll be part of our theme next week. I want to thank my special guests, Tom Julian, Greg Gerard, Frida Wallweber, and Lee Gong. I have some shout-outs also to Layla Saborian. Thank you for helping to arrange this. Malcolm Kimberlin, Brad Ryan, and the Business Channel team. Next week, I told you part two. Also, listen to, go to the Business Channel, look for the Coffee Cup logo, and find our 13-week miniseries, Financial Excellence with Game Changers. It's on podcast mode on demand. And starting September 10th, we have a new miniseries called HR, that's Human Resources Trends, with Game Changers. Okay, time for my call to action. Are you ready? Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer. Today, I'm Bonnie D. Graham signing off for another live edition of Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.